Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. We're back, baby. Three weeks away. Wrestling should be fun is back. And I think it's my first show in about four months. So apologies, listeners, if I'm ropey. But this is the best it's going to be for the foreseeable. I'm in Qatar. I'm in Doha. I haven't spoken to anyone that isn't Richard Keys and Andy Gray for about four months. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> right now, I'm woke. <laughs> that was the delicate tones of JCH, who joins us from the street. <laughs> how you doing, JCH? Yeah, not bad. I mean, a bit, a bit under the weather, uh, literally. It's uh, so to pull the curtain back a little bit, you were telling me that you're under the weather, it's raining, you're carrying a golf bag to work because you have to do overtime. Is that correct? Yes, we've got a um, chef emergency thing who all sort of double duty like Billy Gunn at the 1999 Royal Rumble. I'm a nice man. <laughs> Love it. I Love took it. a meal for 40 people the other day. <laughs> Well, welcome aboard and uh, looking forward to your takes on all the wrestling that you've seen recently. And we are also joined by Hendo. Hendo, welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Thank you, Ross. It's good to be here. I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've been on the podcast with you. Is this your first appearance? It's hard for me to recall. This is my debut. Yeah, the first one ever. Amazing. Amazing. And you're more than welcome. And you were telling me that you've seen Chamber and Progress recently. So we'll get your takes on that as well as maybe some little uh, bites on stuff that JCH mentions on the first thing that we're going to talk about in what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. Okay. So JCH, you took yourself to Crystal Palace at Rev Pro, I believe. What was it now? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago? For Will Ospreay's final match on the Independence before he went across to AEW, which um, if you haven't seen Dynamite, he made his first appearance as an AEW wrestler this week in a lovely green tracksuit. Firstly, to tell us about the venue, I've seen a lot of things said about Crystal Palace's venue, about how it's hard to get to, etc., etc. Tell us about it. Well, people say it's hard to get to. Uh, I live in East Central London, and there's a overground train that goes there in half an hour. So it's pretty easy for me. Yeah. Um, Hendo, I imagine it's pretty easy for you, down your way as well. Clarky got a bus. So for us, we went, um, <laughs> me and Clarky, it was uh, it's pretty simple. But um, yeah, it's not the greatest transport links from the, from the centre of the city, or from North London, I imagine it's pretty tough. Just down the bottom of a big park. Got there, and we went to the pub, obviously. And there's a massive queue. I'm like, nothing changes, Red Pro, does it? Nothing changes. <laughs> but there's a very well-efficient handled queue, but much better security than, than York Hall. Uh, apparently it's changed owners, so we'll see next month if that makes a difference. Bar was just at the back. There was a big bar queue when we got there, but they had about 12 people on, so fair play to everyone trying to drink. Well, no problem when you've got more than one staff on if you have a bar. And you can see the ring from the, from the bar and queue anyway. So we sort of, we think we just got served as... um. The sort of music was hitting for the first match for like Shark Samuels is that first thing and I would actually have last. Yeah. No idea where our seats were. Uh, we went and stood up somewhere and a bloke went to me, you can't stand up. And I went, okay. Can't park there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for it to 
I was waiting for him to ask me so I could say, where is my seat? And he just he just started watching the show and didn't say anything just again. So he stood there for the first 90%. And, then, and the, just before the main event, uh, um, the head security commander made everyone sit down. So he we went and stood around the other side. He then okay. came around there. And then we were like, oh, so we were inside this barrier. We went inside the barrier and there was a platform at the back of that. So we just stood at the back. You can actually see me on the on-demand, me and Clarky, uh, during the main event. Not if you don't know where we are, but... <laughs> This is like over two and a half thousand people there. And we all know that when well, they didn't set out a couple of part time, so Michael Oku is the biggest draw in Britain over Mr. Blobby. Absolutely. He's selling out um, Clapham Grand on the monthly as well, isn't he? But he is. Well, maybe it was him, not Blobby. <laughs> I always thought it was Blobby all along. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good venue. I mean, I say I understand the transport's not the greatest to get you from most people, but uh, there's no problem with sight lines down the bottom for some raised seating. Almost like Bleacher style, I think, if you did sit down. And it was down the front. We caught up a little bit. He used to have a very good view from his photos. I, yep. I, don't, I didn't have a problem with the venue at all. But, um, yeah. So if you had to have the choice between the two, what would you go with, Bethnal Green or Crystal Palace? Well, I can walk to your call. <laughs> okay. So I'd, I'd, rather, I'd, I'd probably say Crystal Palace in your call's place. Got it. Where Got your it. call is. I think it's a better venue. Well, your call's good if they're not quiet. The first few times I went, you can stand up. Like near the bar, you think it was good, but they never put anyone on the bar. So if they ran your call like that's a venue, not like we hate everyone, we don't yeah, want to make yeah. any money, it'll be a good venue. But and I don't blame Redpro for that, I blame your call. Actually, it's not Redpro because they run other yeah. venues with more people. But like you say, they're back at your call for the Revolution Rumble. So let's see what the new security team's like and if they're still complete arseholes or not. And hopefully it's all well and good. I sort of get their point because they do host boxing and like, even like the Dudley Arms, when we used to go to Eve, it was the same day as a boxing match. They'd literally put a poster on the door saying close for private parties and then let us all in if we were at the wrestling and not letting the boxing fans in because boxing fans really like cocaine. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get stuck into the actual action itself. Were you surprised by Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I, I, was I mean, obviously, thinking about it, it's not like a massive shock to be the same at the Fulham game. But whoever sent the photo in the group, I didn't even notice it was very Cassidy and Darby. I, mean, I just thought they were talking about the guy from Succession. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't even clock it. So, yeah, it was a surprise to me. Um, I'd say perfect way to kick off a show, isn't it? Like, I mean, everyone's pretty hyped anyway. And I think Cassidy, very popular wrestler. Fact, something I'm a big fan of these days. So that turned into a seven-way scramble match, and it featured Cameron Kai, Flash Morgan Webster, Richard Holiday, Shah Samuel, Shigo Irie, and Spike Trevay. Who was the person that you would say had the best chemistry with Orange? I mean, it's a while ago, now, Ross. Okay. <laughs> and there was wine involved. Oh, and there was wine involved, yes. Plenty of wine. Um, I thought, um, I hadn't seen Richard Holiday before. I think he's American. Is he, is he an MLW yes, he... guy? Yeah, he was in MLW and he was like in a faction with MJF. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I, I had no idea who he was, never heard of him. Um, I thought he came across as a uh, in, impressive sort of bit, bit standout. Obviously, it's hard to like everyone getting their stuff in. Cameron Kyle looks some good, like moves wise in, but like, uh, this is like a, as, a, as a human. I thought Richard Holiday was a little bit taller, but yeah, yeah. Sort of man, was, like, he stood out a bit for me of, of the rest. Well, I've got it up on Cage Match, and Meltzer rated this 3.25. So there you go, if that means anything okay. to anyone. <laughs> I mean, I can only, I, I can only give that one six, though. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Next up was Danny Luna versus Sapphire Reed, the one women's match on the cards. And I believe that there was a post-match attack by Alex Windsor. Is that right? Well, I, so I, missed, I missed the post-match attack, but I waited for the bell, then like went to the back up and Danny Luna being carried out. And I searched the and I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I think it's packed. And I was like, by who? He went, oh, no. I was like, was it Alex Windsor? He's like, no. So I was like, was it Alex Windsor? No. He's like, yeah, yeah, Alex Windsor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you manage to catch any of the show, Hendo, on RevPro On Demand? I, I'm not a member of RevPro On Demand. Oh, I've okay. never illegally streamed anything, obviously, because I'm very yeah, well you're behaved. A good boy. You're a good boy. Well, yeah. I'll <laughs> say that online while it's being recorded. Yeah, I'm more <laughs> of an armchair. I'm more of an armchair wrestling fan. Fair, fair. So then we had Coman's favourite tag team of all time, Kieran Lacey and Mark True. What were your impressions of them against Youngblood? I'd say that, I mean, about having to go match by match, uh, it was a solid card. I, I think there's a few standouts, so there's a lot to talk about, it's not going. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing bad on the card, I think everything was enjoyable. Uh, the first standout for me, though, was uh, Luke Jacobs and JJ Gale. Yeah, Meltzer gave that 4.5. Yeah, fair play. I mean, I think... Yeah, so like Jacobs is like performing on these shows all the time. I'm not sure he's long to the British wrestling scene if he keeps performing like this. Yeah, so um, yeah, really good, really good. Uh, JJ Gale, uh, I know, I think Repro are quite high on him. They've given him a couple of big matches. I think he had the wrestler yep. Zach David Junior. Yeah. Yep. On the All In show, I think was it. Yeah. I think this is a he really stood, yeah hit. Well, I say like Luke Jacobs stood out, but JJ Gale with a almost like a it might be unfair, but it's like. Like an Oku-esque, sort of like young, younger Oku, sort of that underdog babyface fight, showing that fight and sort of never giving up before you actually get beaten, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. They were given plenty yeah, of time. Was... It was the uh, third longest match on the, on the card, so they got plenty of time. 17 minutes. Yeah, good. I mean, a couple of matches could have been a bit shorter, but um, that one didn't didn't feel like it, it dragged at all. I'd say that like, Robbie X and... Mustafa Ali was solid. I'd say the fact that you come away not really thinking about that shows like what, what kind of card this was. Yeah. Zach and Connor Mills was really good. Really good match. Uh, yeah. That one, along with, with Jacobs and Gale, was sort of like fighting out for second best on the card. In the right ballpark with Meltzer as well, who, who also gave that 4.5. Yeah, cool. Very pleased with Connor Mills. I think Dom said earlier in the year that he thought this year was going to be Mills' sort of Breakout, breakout seems a strange word, for, but you know what I mean? Like to get sort yeah. of noticed by a bit more people than just us, uh, not us, but like, like the sort of UK scene. Yeah. And he's really gone about having a really good start to the year. He's got a lot more, um, I'd say, yeah, he, he just looks like more confident and intense, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was so young when he started and he's still sort of grown into himself. He's definitely gone into a transformation physically and how he looks in the ring as well, which helps, I think. Yeah. And then, and then the event itself, which got six stars by Meltzer. And six I think big stars. I think you said that uh, it was the best match that you've seen live, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely felt, I mean, you know, obviously, it's like, and I don't usually go back and watch stuff again. I went yeah. and bought Red Pro On Demand to watch this again. I thought I could get a free month, but I'd already used that for the Osprey Oki match last time, which I missed. But uh, yeah, so just from, I think it went about, it was about 20 minutes from, before they even started with the entrances, which were great, and then just built up this sense of occasion. And then um, watching it on the on-demand uh, was useful. Though, like Quilden filling in that all the different people dressed as a, in Assassin's Creed gear was every robe Osprey's worn at a UK, uh, Repro show. Okay, right. Yeah, like quite a cool, cool touch. So they had once I had like twenty odd, maybe fifteen to twenty wrestlers 
coming out in Assassin's Creed robe type or Osprey's robes before Osprey, and then yeah, at the time it just looked like a cool entrance. When I'm watching it on the band, uh, yeah, Quilden filled that in, which was it was cool to watch with the commentary because they're a bit shouty, Quilden and Gideon Gray. Like, yeah. But the actual content is really good. Obviously, Quilden knows they well, those three guys know the product, they know Will Osprey, they know Michael Oki really well. They're, they're, but what they actually say is very, very good. I said they could be a little less. Yeah, I think I've. I've not got Repro on demand, but I've seen clips posted online by them and by other fans. And the one thing that is slightly off-putting is the audio levels on there. Yeah, it's, yeah, I would agree. There's a slight, yeah, the levels are slightly off. Probably like when well, you know, I know Phil will do an expert job in making me sound like a yeah, like I'm not underwater or walking through the streets with <laughs> cold. But I think this is the time yeah. actually to, uh, if you're listening, Quilden, reach out to Phil, get yourself a better audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good shout. Um, <laughs> As a match, though, um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, I'd, I'd recommend anyone go and watch it. It was worth the 25 quid I paid at the time and the 8 quid or whatever it was for a month to yeah. watch it again. Was it you that was telling me that there was a chant going around to TK who was at the venue saying, uh, you signed the wrong one? You signed the wrong guy, yeah. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a good one. And, and then Oki just turned around and looked at the box, and I say box from what I'm told, it might have been a changing room of a window. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I said, Will Ospreay, I see the crowd, I'd say it's about 50-50, maybe 60-40 Osprey crowd at the start. Obviously, he was the heel, but it's his last match, and a lot of people I imagine did, I mean, jokes aside, I imagine, did come to see him. Yeah. And he's obviously done so much for the for the scene. scene. Yeah. And he, he didn't come out to Elevated, he came out to some pirate shanty. All right. Is that based on the video game that he always cosplays then is it well i think yeah clark he thinks is the, the latest assassin's creed was on a ship so he thinks it might oh, be based on that uh it went over my head but it was, it was still quite a cool catchy tune he said but it was like a shanty though i don't know how to describe it with a okay. sword so then yeah the match went i don't know what this is 47 minutes correct yeah 47 minutes yeah it flew by i say like it, it flew by in the and, I, and normally when I watch matches live, I don't the time doesn't really get to me unless it's really dragging. But yeah. watching it back on demand with something like I know the result, I can I find that difficult. That's why I don't struggled with some of the uh, Okada Omega matches to to watch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, no, brilliant. Really, I say I don't think it dragged at all. Osprey, uh, well, you say he booted Amira to get some booze. Like no. Oh, not in like, well, yeah, in, in a bad way. In a, definitely in a bad way. But <laughs> just sort of kicked her in the stomach. And, and then the crowd sort of got behind Oku. I, I say it got, by the end of it, it was a full Oku crowd, I'd say. So they did a really good, uh, and Amira just does a good job. Or did, sorry, a really good job playing her part. But um, Osprey bought the sort of bloodstained towel from the first, I think it was the first match. Nice. Okay. Um, and like gave it to her at the start. There was a nice, nice callbacks. He did a few like AJ Styles spots. He did, like callbacks to different matches he'd he'd had over his Red Pro career. And then nice. Oku hit the uh, Sega Mega Driver in the finishing stretch for beat to to Mad Kurt. Yeah, so I just, I, mean, I, I could just talk about it, but I'd say just go and watch the match. I mean, that would be better than me talking about it. Just, uh, Fair <laughs> I thought it was quite um, a nice li- um, little wrinkle that um, Andy Quilden did as, as a booker by having the caveat that if Osprey won, then the Revolution Rumble becomes for the title. Like that put the outcome in doubt. Yeah, I think it was definitely in doubt. I say I, I, I was hoping Oku would win. I think I picked Oku, but it wouldn't have shocked me if if we'd have won. And they were like, you know, you still haven't quite got it. I mean, it makes sense. Well, put someone over on his way out. Yeah, and they built the storyline up really well about um, you know, Oku being like Osprey, like yeah, I haven't beaten me, and 
you're not, yeah, you just hold in my place. You're not, not the man to take the scene on unless you beat me. Uh, Oki's like, I, I need to beat you. I need to get that respect from you. And then, yeah, and, and, and like, Osprey hit like the hidden blade on Amira, but it was Amira pushing Oku out the way at the last minute. And he right, didn't look okay. like happy with it. So it wasn't like, he was a bit like, ah, shit. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. get you. And that's all set up to the finishing moment. And then Oku had the half crab in. He's getting to the ropes and he sort of pulls away and Amira flips him off as, as pulls him in and he taps out. Nice. Yeah, I'd say, I'd just, I just recommend watching it. Really good. I was going to bring forth a bit of a, um, not a round table, but just a, just a question. And that leads into it. So I was watching Dynamite this week, right? And Kingston passed out rather than tapped out. And I feel like that's become a bit of a trope with like baby faces where, oh, they're seen to be like weak if they tap out. But I think that the pass out stuff always looks a bit meh. And I feel like when someone taps out, you really sell the move itself. And it's like, I've got to save myself because this move's going to break my ankle, like Ken Shamrock or Kurt Angle or whatever. So that's cool to hear that I, he actually tapped. I'd agree. I also think submissions, are, unless you're Zack Sabre Jr., are a bit weird anyway, because as Zack says, if they're not tapping out in six seconds, they're not going to. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's the thing I, Oku did, actually, which was really cool. I haven't seen it before. He might have done it before, so apologies. So he had the half crab on, and then he hit this full-on, like, uh, when I say he hadn't tapped, he pulled it back. He hit this full-on, like, talk back. So Oku's always like horizontal, no vertical to the ground backwards, and like and he really talked it back, like changed it to always like a super half crab, yeah, to get the tap out, nice. which is like a cool move, like yeah. just a little adjustment for the move. You had to put that little bit extra on to, yeah, to get Will and, to tap out. And visually, I, I'm assuming that looked like way worse, right, for that. Few, yeah, few definitely. Yeah, nice, perfect. Sounds amazing. Got six stars, which I think a very, very few amount of. I don't really follow the ratings too much, but I'm assuming that there's only like two, three, maybe six star matches in history and they're all Osprey matches probably. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely check it out. Is it revproondemand.com? Is that the app as well, right? Yeah, it's got the app's pretty good. You feel like I can cast it to the TV. Like... Nice. And then last thing on RevPro, did I hear you say that Jacobs has called out Oku? Yeah, Jacobs called out Oku at the end of his match. We called out whoever the champion was. He said, he said he's going in the Rumble, basically. Right, okay. And he, they, they did call out Oku by name before that. Okay. With his Northwest Strong heel act that people cheer. That's pretty exciting. That's a pretty cool matchup. Oku fights really well from underneath, so perfect for Jacob's match. Yeah, definitely. So that's RevPro. Let's lead on to what should we go with? Should we go with what have you seen, James? Oh, Riot. I should really Riot. Yeah, I went to Riot. Always, always a great fun. Tell us about um, it. Again, uh, so me and Shads went to Riot and Phil was there. We caught Phil. We, he, he was standing so slightly different so we could see by his words. <laughs> <laughs> Riot Cabaret, always, always a very fun time. They did the 2000s Royal Rumble this year. Did last year in the 90s. It was the first one we went to with the uh, surprise Mr. Blobby entrance. <laughs> so this one was brilliant. But last year's was really good. I'll just go through that. Like, so James Ellis, I've never seen before. I, I, I feel so I've seen him before because he's Tate Mayfair's mate and I've seen him at Riot Cabaret. So apparently <laughs> I've seen him before. I didn't first see him wrestle. He's come out as James Brilliant Ellis, a JBL, like cowboy JBL. <laughs> like all the mannerisms, nailing it, really good. Um, then some like Dom's 12-year-old mate, Ted something. He, he came out. I don't think he remembers the 2000s, to be fair. So like, they had... Uh, they had that massive guy, Mulligan, who's like six foot seven. They just went, our next entrant has said he will not partake in any fun and just came <laughs> out normally, which was which was fun in itself. Yeah. 
Not welcome uh, on the podcast, but sure. No, not on the podcast, no. <laughs> I mean, con man can get something out of him like bullet, but... <laughs> and you had um, Sky O'Shea came out as a sim with like a little green thing over their head and did like the best promo I've ever seen. They cut a promo at um, the heel, Mulligan, no, Ellis, I think it was, was like... And then to the face, like, and it was very good sim work. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I um, if that made any sense, I hope it does if you play The Sims. But um, <laughs> they do all the video packages like uniquely for them as well. Uh, so that it was like, you burn one point, kudos point at promo skills. And when they were eliminated, it's like, Sky O'Shea has died. <laughs> Awesome. Um, yeah, and then you had, uh, <laughs> probably the highlight was uh, Cassius coming out as Dirty Christina and then Amira came out as Toxic Britney and they <laughs> had like a brawl around the, around the arena that just kept coming in and out. They got eliminated and they'd often they'd come back. I'm assuming that they were to the themes of those songs as well, right? Yeah, Amira sang hers apparently. <laughs> Amazing. And then, yeah, the ending was Ellis and Ted, whatever his name is, and uh, Bob the Builder came out. <laughs> Kicked Ted him and nuts, took his hat off to reveal it was Tate Mayfair's and threw him out. So James Ellis won. Amazing. If it was Soft Pro that booked that, it would have been the real Neil Morrissey. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the kind of the silliness of the night, I guess. But Royal Cabaret is known for not just the silly stuff. They also put on some bangers. What um, stood out in terms of wrestling itself? Uh, It was a nice uh, six-way between Sun Mills Machine and the Bryants and Sapphire Reed. Did they carry on the kind of Mills is a bad boy stuff? Well, Mills and TK Mamba had a bit of a falling out during it. And then one of the Bryants, I think it was one of the Bryants, pinned him using the ropes. So going back for what he'd done to them last right, time. Yeah. So yeah, carrying on that story. Nice. Uh, Oku, Slater and Robbie X was all right. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, what, what you'd expect. Really, really, yeah, really good main to end things off. And then similar to Jacobs calling out Oku for the next kind of shows. Oku did the same to Andrews. Is that right? Yeah, they announced that OQV Mark Andrews will be main event in the next next show. I saw online that Mark Andrews quote tweeted basically saying, like, I always thought that Michael was a nice lad, but it seems like the respect isn't mutual. And so was it a bit of a heel promo? Yeah, it's two it's two weeks away ago, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember it being like I think Oki's got a bit more a bit more of an edge. He's not like a plain like white meat baby faced guy. He's he's got an edge yeah. to him. I don't I didn't think it was like proper like disrespectful, but Maybe, maybe honest, I'm misremembering. To be honest, he can, say he can say something really cancelable and you just stand by him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right, Cabaret. Hendo, I believe that you watched Chamber. Is that right? I've watched Chamber, yeah. I don't know. I think WWE should have all their pay-per-views starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. It got me out of what, taking the kids to swimming, so it was good. So it was nice <laughs> Amazing. To, yeah, I can't know. I mean, father of the year, but I can't. Yeah, I can't take you swimming today because I'm going to sit in bed and watch watch wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw that there was quite a bit of stuff about the fact that it was, you know, a four hour show and there was only an hour and a half of wrestling or whatever. But I think that's what we come to expect now from the WWE, right? But the actual wrestling that I watched, I managed to watch all four matches. I thought the the wrestling itself was really fun. What was that standout for you? I think the women's chamber was the best match on the card for me. I agree. Um, I think it was, a, it was it was a banger, and for me. Tiffy time was the best. She, I think she was amazing. I think she's like come on really quick and calling it early breakout star of the year, potentially beating LA Knight this year. Could be Tiffy <laughs> time. Um, that was great. 
I thought obviously Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne versus Judgment Day was probably my second favorite match on the yep. card. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought all four matches, only four matches on the card, but I thought they were all solid. I thought it was, it was great. Yeah. Were you happy with the winners of the chamber? Do you think it was right cool? Women's match, I think, was for me. I thought it was quite obvious Becky was yep. going to win it. Uh, I picked that. Men's, yeah. I mean, I, I've had in my head that we've well, had all the stuff about Drew's not having a contract yeah, extension yeah, yeah. at the moment. So I was slightly surprised he picked up the win. But I mean, it makes sense going into Mania that he's got a big match and they set up the other matches with Logan Paul and Randy Orton. I picked, I think, I picked Randy Orton in the pickums. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you can't really argue with the winners of the chambers, and it sets up some good matches for for Mania. Yeah, for sure. James, did you catch any of it? Uh, I, I was on the train back to Exeter, which was the world's longest ever train. And I, I was trying to watch it on but, uh, 4G or 5G in between the Swindon and Southwest areas. is not good. Swindon lot don't seem to respect WWE.com. They, they did not <laughs> respect me. A little shit loves. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw a bit of the Women's Chamber, like the first three, 16 minutes, and then... Didn't yeah. go home for about three days after that, so I didn't you know, catch up. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so in terms of the main event, I thought it was really cool that Rhea Ripley got her moment and they actually gave her the main event in her home country. Crowd reaction was really good. Wasn't quite as like electric as, say, uh, Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico, but it was still a very good reaction that um, she got. Obviously, it's... Slightly weird in the fact that she's a heel, isn't she? So she probably shouldn't be getting cheered so much, but uh, it is what it is. She's so charismatic. But I thought the match was great. I know that um, I'm probably the one Nia Jax fan in the whole world, and I have been for a long time, always banging on about how much I think she's actually really good. And I thought that Nia did a great job in the main event. What did you think of the main yeah, event? I mean, they did the best they could with, obviously, the expected outcome was always going to happen. He said, yeah. massive for Rhea Ripley for it being in her home country. Yep. I mean, it'd be interesting would, would the show have even gone to Australia without her being so big at the moment and Yeah, fair point. Being the biggest female star in the company probably by a long way. Um yep. I mean it's a fifteen minute Nia Jax match. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of her as you are, but I think that all the spots look good. The table bump was rough as hell. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, yeah I think the crowd reaction wasn't as big as I expected. But again, it's the end of a four-hour show. Maybe they're all yeah, yeah, they're all yeah. so nice little moment with the family in the front row, though. That was pretty cool. And Naya took the suplex off the top. Fair play. That's a hell of a bump for someone her size. And yeah, thought it was a really fun little show. Shout out as well to um, I'm with you in that Tiffany's amazing and she's been ready ever since she she arrived really in the NXT. She's she's just been incredible and the call up was probably six months too late to be honest. She's she's been ready for absolutely ages. The crowd reaction to her was amazing. Yes, like, the actual, when when she got eliminated, it was just booze. It was yeah. like yeah, the crowd actually yeah. gutted. She was gone. And I, and I think you're dead right in the the comparison that you made to LA Knight. Like it's kind of the reaction that he was getting kind of a year ago, isn't it? Yeah, I think that I said. I mean, the difference is obviously LA Knight's what forty odd, and yeah, and, oh, and yeah, everyone yeah. went mad when he when he won breakout of star. Whereas <laughs> I think yeah, he said she's been ready for ages and she's gonna do big things. Yeah, for sure. I, I heard know. it um, described uh, sort of likened to uh, EO Sky at Puerto Rico, the sort of uh, the moment for for Tiffany Stratton. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was a great mm. little moment. I think I saw it on Twitter. So, 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 so that. <laughs> that Puerto Rico show is uh, another highlight, wasn't it, of showing how these shows on foreign soil that are not America can just be a real big win for WWE. It doesn't feel like those wrestling fans are spoiled at all in terms of 
what they get. So when they finally get to see the people that they love, they go mad for them. So that's great. But just one, one last thing on the chamber would be for me is that I still think that Bianca Belair is absolutely incredible. She was so good in that match. And I know that she's kind of a bit lost in the shuffle at the moment. Maybe she's going to do something with Jade Cargill, perhaps for Mania. Hasn't been set up at all. And maybe she needs a bit of a fresh lick of paint on her personality and maybe go back to a bit of um, the Bianca that we saw in, in NXT. A bit more attitude and a bit less white meat baby face. But her in-ring is so good. She was so good in that chamber. Yeah, she's incredible. And her, her shows of strength she does are amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, is the next foreign show Germany? Is that the next one? Berlin, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, is there one in Paris as well? Is there one in Paris? Not entirely sure when they are, but yeah, those are the next two, I think. But yeah, just real, real fun. And that's WWE sorted. And let's move on to Progress, which I think you saw, Hendo. Yeah, I, I was. Um, I benefited from the free showing on Demand Progress, which I've, I've now paid for as well. So Yeah, yeah. I've... Um, I've done the same and I'm going to be able to watch the show tonight, which I'm pretty excited about. The card looks really good. Yeah, um, the show in Manchester tonight looks amazing, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. So, because obviously it was the first time that they've done it, any streaming, obviously there's going to be teething problems. I know that you mentioned that there's slight audio issues, etc. But it sounds similar to the kind of issues that RevPro have on their one as well. So, I think it's just like, a, you know, a, t- a technical thing, putting out stuff live that's not a massive production, kind of just one or two people doing it. It's not like it's a sky with a huge truck of <laughs> technology with it. <laughs> It is what it is. Interesting to see. I haven't watched it back yet. If they've kind of like ironed out the cracks a little bit with the feed version. Oh, obviously watching it live. I mean, the audio bits didn't really take away from. Yeah, it was from only the, the show. It was only the Costa interview that was a little bit lost, wasn't it? That was lost. Yeah, and there's and the crowd sounded a bit muted at times. But obviously, the actual show itself and the camera camera work was great. Yeah, for a live show shared by a small production team. Yeah, it yeah I thought it was great and it was it was a very fun afternoon. Just sat here. At home, <laughs> like yeah. onto the semi. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure JTH would have enjoyed it more actually in the venue for the for uh, the show. And you yeah. and you didn't have to risk any shot rounds at home either. <laughs> well, no. Well, drinking for myself rather than drinking for punishment is, is better all the all the time, right? That's true. That is true. So. JCH, you're actually at the venue. I know that you've obviously had your say a little bit on uh, the main event scene in particular, and you think that maybe the match should have happened six months later down the line, but it's happened now. Uh, the title change has happened. Lycos has finally got rid of Dominatus Uranium. Not only did uh, Lycos beat Spike, Lycos 2 beat Bullet. Also, Smoke and Aces managed to get past Sanity by cheating, but then got cheated out of the titles themselves by cheeky little buggers which also got a huge pop. So now that it's all kind of been settled and stuff is kind of on a new path now, it's kind of a new era of progress. Were you kind of in the same situation as JCH where you thought maybe it should take a while later for Lycos to win? Or do you think now that it's happened, it's kind of cool, let's see where it goes? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's too early. I think if they'd gone down the route of having Lycos win super strong style again, and then that sort of time frame to getting built up without the mask. I mean, as JCH said that he felt maybe they were doing it because someone's leaving the company or something like that. They seem like, or I think Joe said that it feels like they, they were planning to change the title back at the last cage match with Cara Noir yeah. and maybe caught the ball when he broke his leg. But no, I think it does seem a little bit rushed and I, I didn't pick it. I, I went for Spike retaining. I Based thought, on the previous two. <laughs> uh, especially after, as I said, everyone else in the stable losing. Yeah. It's a really, a really bad day for them. But yeah, no, I think it could have gone longer, but then have they got any other main event faces that can face Spike at the moment? Yeah, true. Yeah. 
Yeah, so now Lycos is the champ, and obviously he's gone through blood, sweat, and tears to get there. He went through an awful lot of blood in this match. That was a hell of a crimson mask he was wearing. So quite a yeah. bit of a, a kind of a like psychology thing there of um he lost his like actual mask, but he was but he was forced to wear the crimson mask in the cage. And I have to say that even though I wasn't there in person and I was watching through a screen, it felt real special that that match and the reaction from the crowd was amazing, I thought. Yeah, no, honestly, they were as much as some of our group aren't fans of Lycos being champion. The ballroom went crazy when he won. Yeah, um, yeah, it's about him bleeding. Like, there's I've seen it on uh, Instagram a few times now. There's a little short with him lying <laughs> yeah. down. There's just blood spurting yes, out. Of his blood. <laughs> like, Whoa, with an old yeah. CZW, CZW yeah, yeah. clip. At one point, Spike Treve's torso looks a bit like uh, Finn Balor's demon get up, where it's just covered in red claret, like <laughs> wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously I was expecting them to bleed. It's the cage match. And yep. yeah, no, I think that I like our progress in all the promo pictures for Manchester. They've just <laughs> yeah. got, still, they've still got him covered in blood. It's like, we'll just use that forever now. Yeah. So, yep. so obviously that's kind of obviously a, a faction that have dominated a promotion for what, a year and a half, something like that. Yeah. Smoking Aces have lost the titles. I believe Charlie Sterling, sadly, has got an injury. Uh, I think he's having to have surgery. Uh, so he's going to be out. Um, out for a bit so that's the reason that at Dome it's Riley and Bullet um, going for the titles up against CLB but that was a big surprise that Crowley and Falcon are now champions and officially the tag team titles are no longer like a gender led you could be a woman and, and be part of it which opens up real possibilities for fresh new matchups as, as well with like the likes of LA Taylor and Sky Smithson for example uh, Charlie Evans Millie McKenzie in the future maybe um, I saw that Charlie's going to be in the UK around Super Strong Style so that could be a fun matchup yeah. So yeah, that to me seems like a pretty fun new thing for progress. It just feels all kind of new now, doesn't it? It feels like they've been telling these stories for a long time and now it's kind of like, okay, what next, I guess? Yeah, I mean, is it, that's, that show was the end of quite a, like the big story and where that goes next. Obviously, the, uh, I like the women, how they've set up pretty much a five-way feud now yes, straight yeah, away yeah. With, yep. with Nina Samuels going crazy for the entire show. Yeah. That looks good. I said, what next for, especially if that guy's having surgery, it takes that tag team out. Yeah. So as you said, it's exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if Gene Money and Session Moth start, if she can turn up to the show on time. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious uh, that they that they um, showed the footage of her arriving after the show. <laughs> yeah, just sat on the steps of an empty ballroom, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they get title shot, Gene Money and her get a shot. And yep. yeah, it definitely opens, I think it's fresh. If the company can do something that opens up the door to more matches yep. and you don't do the same thing over and over then absolutely, it's always going to be a good thing. Absolutely. And let's talk about quickly, for me personally, what possibly my MVP of the show, other than the main event, which is incredible. I thought Lizzie Ebo in that in that show was incredible. I thought she was so cool. The moment that she threw Kanji's carcass and broke the ring and then looked at the crowd and then like just did a bicep curls. She was so cool. Like, I know she's a heel, and like, it's a little bit Rhea Ripley in that like, you're not supposed to like her, but she's just too likable, right? Yeah, I've seen her live a few times at the Progress shows. And just that thing where the break in the rope was so original. Yeah. Or normally it's like, oh, what do we do now? Whereas they just worked it into the match the whole way. Yeah, they, And yeah. I, thought, I thought they both did a really, a really good job at telling that story with the broken rope in it. Yeah. In. At one point when someone was in a, a submission, and I thought, if she grabs the rope while it's on the floor, does that still count as a rope break? <laughs> yeah, that was actually um, best in the commentary, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that, that was cool. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Zero is... She seems to get better every match I've seen her at Progress. Yeah, and yeah, I said that women's match was, as you said, in the top probably three three matches on the sh- on the card. Yeah, definitely. 
Kanji really also well. is amazing. You're absolutely right to point out that Kanji is also amazing. I, I love Kanji and I think a heel babyface, proper heel babyface dynamic always works the best and those two definitely have that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. As I said, now that with Nina Samuels and, and that match basically blended into the, the, the women's title match as well. And, yeah. Do you and think you that, the... that Lizzie is probably the most likely of the four to get the shot against Rio at Super Strong or, or do you think maybe they're going to go with like a mad five-woman match? I'm not sure. If it's, I'm not sure if it's going to be Nina the way they're building it. I think they're going to Nina versus Emerson Jane probably coming up, and yeah. I think that could be the route into the title match. But yeah, Liz, I think out of them, Lizzie could be the one that takes the title off Rio at some point. Yeah, she said she seems the most not ready. Is probably not the right words, but. Having they had Lana Ross in his champ for so long as a heel champ, so Rhea's probably going to get a good run at it. But yeah, I think Lizzie Evo is the one who's most ready to take that belt and carry yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What was your first impression of Emerson Jane? That was the first time that I'd seen her. Yeah, first time for me too. Looks good. I think that she's in a tag team, isn't she? With with Rio. Yeah. <laughs> with Rio. So, yeah. So I thought she looked great. I thought they that match was going in a really good direction, and then obviously storyline Nina coming in and yeah and kicking her out of everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I thought as a day as a debut, she looked really good. I think it's quite interesting that that like you mentioned that you thought the women's chamber was the best match at chamber. I actually thought that the um, women's rumble was the best match at rumble, and I mm. think uh, progress apart from the main event, maybe the Lizzie Ebo match was the best match on that card as well. So props to the women at the moment; they're absolutely smashing it. Yeah, I mean, they said WWE, the women's wrestling is at the moment, I think, head and shoulders above the men's matches. Maybe their storylines aren't as strong, but their actual matches are better. And progress, I think for me, the Eva match was maybe just under, I really like Eerie and Man, like Dor- man Named Doris. Uh, oh, yes, and Yoichi. Yoichi, yeah. I, I thought that was probably my second favorite match. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like big men hitting things, so. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, the women's match is definitely in the, in the top three. Talking of big men hitting things, are you uh, tempted to go to the Dome show? Yeah, so that's a Thursday, isn't it? So It's, it's Thursday week. Yeah, there's the uh, seventh. Yeah. So you've got... I mean, yeah, I'll be tempted. You've got Luke Jacobs versus ECW former champion Masato Tanaka, which is just going to be insane. In a way, I kind of hope that they don't do a proper Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka match where they just break each other's heads. But also part of me kind of hopes that they do. <laughs> yeah, I want to see someone get powerbombed over the top rope onto their head on the table, yeah. There's quite a few imports for that show, right? There's uh... Yes, so you've got um, Wagner Jr., who recently just won the NOAA Championship, beating uh, mm-hmm. Keno, who had that really good match with Okada towards the end of last year. And then you've got his, I believe it might be his cousin, who's called like Galeno Del Mar, who's in a match again, who's, if you haven't seen him, he's a cruiserweight, but he's like the size of like Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does like sentons and stuff. And he's up against Tate Mayfairs, which would just be a bit of a laugh, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the way they built Tate up with the Simon Miller feud, for me, now we've got a face champ in progress. Tate Mayfair yeah. is the one who will probably be in the next feud of him. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Tate Mayfair is obviously friend of the pod and friend of the group. He's yeah. uh he probably won't say he's a friend of anyone, but he's, uh... <laughs> and it's interesting as well with the with, with the potential title run for Lycos. It took him so long to win it, and Spike held it for so long. Like, how long do you think they're gonna give him? Is it gonna be a surprise? like loss like booking wise is it is it a bit dull to kind of have another really long reign you know i mean as you said it's like progress and the most of their champs have long reigns yeah um you look at the title run for the sunshine and then yeah smoking aces both had long runs and lana rostin had the belt for ages and yeah. now Rio's had no, I, I would i would like them to do a short run with lycos i think they say it'll be a surprise otherwise i think we're going to go to most shows going well like is retaining this one yeah yeah this one until there's a big 
a big build up of a feud, yeah. and then you expect it after a year and a half that the feud comes to an end. I think that, as you said, if they can do if they do a, a short turnaround, quick title change, I think that would be more interesting. Yeah, but then maybe because I'm not a massive fan of Lycos. Yeah. I've grown to love him, and I, and I particularly like Lycos too. I, I think Lycos too has got massive potential. I I think he's brilliant. But interestingly, as well, um, his first uh, match that he's putting it on the line because they're fighting in a tag team tonight. I think mm-hmm. so. Next Thursday, he's fighting Leo Rush, which will be a great match. I really hope that they don't fall into the trope that, that they have done in the past with, by booking babyface champions to kind of end up being kind of the champions that win by like roll up and stuff like that. Like I like mm-hmm. I kind of want Lycos to, to like always have the heart of a champion and not necessarily win cheap i want him to fight hard and like almost lose but then also like win clean like i hope that that they keep him like that rather than kind of yeah he's just like a little um i know that you shouldn't say his name but travis banks for example mm-hmm. had had a reign like that where they were booking him against like will osprey and keith lee and matt riddle and then having him like go toe to toe and then winning by like roll up and it was like this isn't a way to book a baby face champion <laughs> i mean it's like us is like the, the swanton and and the brain buster it's such a good visual anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it looks like a pretty protected finisher, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he, he beats Spike clean with it. And yeah, I think that as you, the same as you, you don't want your champ. He's, he's always going to be probably with his size fighting from underneath. Like yeah. you say, he's going to be scrapping, but yeah, you want him to get that clean win. Otherwise you haven't got a strong champion. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, hopefully they, they like, if they book him against Leo Rush and he wins that kind of scrappy, but fair. And then he uh, manages to beat Tate, which, Fingers crossed he does because, you know, bootate. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's the case. So let's talk about the former champ, Spike Trevay. Obviously potentially lost his faction at this point. Don't know how keen he is to carry on a faction that isn't dominant when they're called dominant Israelium. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do with him? Because I saw the post that he did. I don't know. And he did this after the last cage match where he did one in character. And then he did one where he basically was like out of character. And he thanked Karen Noir. Tom for, Dawkins, like, Tom Dawkins, yeah. Like, and he, I don't know if you follow him on his Instagram, but he did a post where he was like sat on the steps and bloodied. And he basically was like, I can't remember the exact date, but it was something like, what is it? 480 days as yeah. as your progress champion. I've like bled for you. I've, and it came across as very almost babyface. I get the impression. Yeah. I get the impression that Spike would kind of want a complete rehash of his character now that yeah, I mean, he's lost the title. He did it with, he did it after Dawkins as well, didn't he? As you said, he did the, he did the out of character thing where he, he said, like, thank you. We built the best story ever. Yeah. Um, and then is that post on the steps? He said, sort of, I've carried this company basically for yeah, yeah. no time. And I think there's been times when during the car and noir feud towards the end, there could have nearly been a, like a switch. Yeah. He could have, they could have done sort of a double turn. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that it will take time for him to get the reaction of, of a baby face. Yeah. But the direction I'd like to see him go in is I'd like to see him now kind of lose for a while, like, and get yeah. that sort of character of, of like struggling. And then maybe that would help turn the crowd towards him. If he then starts yeah. more of a face turn, but yeah, I think, the, I think the faction's probably dead um, yeah, yeah. With, the, with them losing everything and them all losing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think I've I, ever seen Bullet win in Venice. I was doing some like fantasy booking it in my head of how I would do it. If, cause it's a, like I say, it would be a hard thing to make him a, a baby face, but if, but they've done it in the past where the previous person that the crowd would turn their back to him and give them the finger to, he came back at Brixton and had a massive babyface pop. Yep. It is possible. And I think that they'd need to do it almost like it would be a four on four, say Sanity and Lycos Gym against Dominatus Ranium like a mm-hmm. bit later. And like Bullet and Smoking Aces during the match kind of like dropping down and like leaving Spike. So it's like four on one. And he yeah. takes like an absolute beating to the point where it's quite awkward to watch. And then at the end of it, they all kind of like help him up and just shake his hand. Something like that. 
Yeah, that'd be, it'd be cool. It's, it's definitely possible. I think Spike, his character work is great. Like the way he's he's made people hate him. As you said, when you had, again, somebody shouldn't be named doing it before. And with that pop of Brixton coming out of the coffin was yeah, yeah. Was like insane. I think he's definitely got it in him. And he said, I think that'd be a really cool way to do it in the it's either that or he, or he walks out in the group while they're like beating yeah, yeah. someone with yeah, yeah. chairs or something like that. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the things about Spike, I sorry, I follow him on Instagram now, but his weight loss. I don't yes. saw how yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, posted, he posted that the other day where he's got so cut over such a short amount of time. It looks yeah, yeah. also a horrendous tattoo, but I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think. I think he's got the potential to be a face and he'll just have to change his whole personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is key for him to to kind of at least just not keep on doing the, the exact same thing that he was doing because doing the exact same thing that he was doing without the belt just feels less good, right? Like it needs to be something new. Yeah, it, wor- it works as champion, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It works as a heel champion to make the crowd hate you. But yeah. now if he's chasing, people want faces chasing titles. Yeah, yeah. They want, they want that and that's it. It doesn't make sense for him to go back against Lycos. It doesn't yeah. make sense for that. So his new storyline has to be something different. And yeah, I think him turning more towards the face, then I think that'd be. I think that'd be. Wonder fun. what? Um, because I'm assuming that he'll be part of Super Strong 16. I'm just like thinking what you would do with him because you don't really want him winning because it's just more of the same, isn't it? Would you maybe like give him as a as like a clean win for like Lycos two as like you know another wrestler that he's put through the fucking ringer and a massive win for Lycos 2 on his journey and like I think that's a potential really fun story as well like if Lycos 2 goes deep and Lycos is champ and like Lycos Lycos is is in his corner for all of it and then it gets to the final and he's a bit like hmm oh yeah I mean I I think I fancy book that Lycos is going to screw Lycos Lycos 2 is going to screw Lycos over the whole way through Um, and it didn't happen so yeah I think I think if Lycos 2 announces that he's in strong style I think that yeah I think that could be a really really good build up and so, even you give him some big wins over big people like Simon Miller or like I know he's seems to be he's heading he's heading into a strong style by the looks of it. Yeah. Um and he's probably gonna get some wins in the build up to that. Yeah. So if you have Lycos beating the bigger names in the company Lycos two beating the biggest names in the company. Um yeah, yeah. and against big men like him versus like Jacobs could be really cool with Jacob Power. Yeah. Um or Yoichi or Yoichi's been over here for a while, hasn't he? So if he's got yeah. some more matches in him, something like that, as he beat he's, Bullet at the show this weekend. He's starting to really impress me, actually. I'm really starting to, to come around to him. Yoichi. Yoichi, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only seen him properly on the show on Sunday. And yeah. he's he's a big man, but he can move as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his character work for someone who uh, he's there's no there's no words in there because he's Japanese. He's not, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, yeah. But he's getting the crowd over as well. Like the crowd yeah, yeah. seems to really enjoy his work on Sunday. Yeah. Well, like there's a pretty cool storyline that bleeds in, but I don't know how much progress can use it because I don't know how loose or how strong their their ties are to, to, to progressing now. But when he was sent to the UK, like storyline wise, it was by Marafuji basically mm-hmm. being like, "You're too slow. You're too obvious." You need to go and like learn and be better. So like that would be pretty cool if we get Marafuji as like you know he's like if Yoichi's similar like he's doing to us like starting to really like prove himself and Marafuji like turns up at progress is like okay now like now is your biggest test you like face me like that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> that'd be that'd be amazing. I mean progress they don't normally do import on import do they but they did they did the two japanese guys a couple of months ago and yeah was, yeah yeah that got a really good report yeah i mean imagine marifuji and in, in camden <laughs> it'd be amazing wouldn't it? <laughs> Fingers I crossed. Mean, if, if, they, if they can get uh masato tanaka over then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can get marifuji come on yeah well um hopefully hendo you're able to make that show on thursday and um we can talk about it on the pod 
Um, is there anything else that he wanted to plug? Uh, the only thing I've watched really other wrestling I've watched is uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins on Hot Ones on YouTube. Oh, how that, was yeah. that? It's interesting because they stay in character quite a lot. So they asked him a question about CM Punk oh, and right. the uh, rather than answer, he said, "I'm not going to say anything about Punk." So he get the hottest wing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the only thing I, I like. Hot Ones anyway. So there's been some, some cool. good people on it wrestling wise. Is that so on? I'd recommend. I'm assuming that's on, on YouTube, right? Yeah, on YouTube, yeah. So, I mean, they've had, they've had Stone Cold's been on there, The Undertaker's been on there, Mick Foley as well. So, yeah, there's been quite a few wrestlers on there. I'd recommend that for a watch. It's, nice. It's fun. It sticks with our uh, ethos of wrestling. should be fun. So, eating chicken wings should Absolutely. be fun as well. Yep. And less fun. Um, pretty sure, is it this week or, or next week, we get Dark Side of the Ring back on our screens? Uh, I just saw they've released the listing for the first three shows. Okay. So yeah, I've watched all of them already, and uh, the old the ones that have been on already. So I definitely. I mean, John Tenter is the first one they've released. Oh, that they're already out. Are they out already? No, they've released. They've released the. Oh the, right. What the first three topics are, what the first okay, three shows okay. are about, and I think the first one is John Tenter. So that obviously, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about him other than he was what earthquake years Earth, ago. Earthquake, yeah, um, <laughs> back in the day. But uh, so it'd be interesting. I mean, watching the. Von Eric's one from Dark Side of the Ring was pretty much a, a lead into watching Iron Claw anyway. So yeah, yeah. Definitely Did you watch you learn a lot. Yeah, I have. I thought it's uh it's good. I I I'm not sure it's as good as everyone said it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it and I enjoyed the character work. Not sure about sort of the dream heaven sequence at the end, but uh it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely definitely worth a watch. I mean, Efron's transformation into uh into how big he is is insane. And yeah, yeah. Obviously did it completely naturally, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's definitely definitely a good watch. It's it's not as good as the wrestler, but probably the second best wrestling film that's been made. Nice man, nice sounds good. So that's it from Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Uh, we can be found on at WSBFUN on Twitter, Wrestling Should Be Fun on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And we'll be back next week to chat about more wrestling. And let's see if James is underwater or in the street. This is Beer Wrestling Should Be Fun. Look after your mates, drink lots of water. See ya, pals. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.